Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League show podcast. I am the host, FPL guru Alex Rex, and joining me today alongside Tom Hughes in replace of Scott Williams is a very special guest, Jeff Belcher. I'll touch on his fantasy pedigree in a minute. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Jeff. This week, we are going to preview game weeks 16 and 17 and review game week 15 and uh, talk about and answer your questions that have all come in. So thank you ever so much for sending the questions in as usual. Uh, if you do want to follow us, please follow us on All In Football Pod, All In Football P on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And of course, like and subscribe, like the video, subscribe to the channel and please follow us on our podcast platforms as well. Boys, Tommy, how are you? You've been left left alone. Scotty's Scotty's walked out on you. He's gone out into town without oh, you to have a few beers. How do you feel? Oh, no. I think he's he started getting a few green arrows, so he's thought I don't need the podcast anymore. Uh, you know, he's, he's got cocky. That's a uh, that's a that's a backhanded needle because uh, this week <laughs> this week uh, ended his run of eight straight green arrows with a red arrow this Ooh. week. Uh, no. I did not know that. To be fair, I did not know that. So Sorry, do you know Scott. what? He lost. He only lost five thousand places in his overall rank, so it wasn't really that much of a big red arrow. But that was his first red arrow he's had in uh, in nine game weeks. Um, Jeff, thank you ever so much for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're in the, we're in the presence of uh, a very accomplished fantasy manager. I was uh, having a look back at your overall rankings, and I think you should be hosting this thing, mate. Uh, seven seasons. Only once you've finished outside the top 100k, at 115k. That painful season, that one. That would be well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we, we, we've, we've all had uh, one of those, but more than one normally. Your best finish being 7,009th in the world in the 18-19 season. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, and uh, yeah, get that round of applause going on, Tom, right there. So we're in, a, in, the, in the presence <laughs> of, a, of a fantasy great. How do you do it, Jeff? Uh, hard to say. I don't know. Fixtures. That's all I do. Fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. Like fixture management. So, fixture yeah. management. Well, we'll definitely oh, take a look. Sometimes at the... hurts you bad. So, <laughs> well, we'll definitely take a look at the fixture mayhem. Looking uh, running forward the next six game weeks, which takes us throughout the Christmas period. So, have a look at those a little bit yeah. later on. But let's start off by having a look at the uh, the king. Well, I've looked at the fantasy Premier League first of all. Let's have a look at the uh, the kings of the game week, shall we? Um, again, back five. Not for the first time, won't be for the last time this season, it seems. Uh, big at the back, one of the questions I've had this week is big at the back, dead. Well, no, it's not, but there's no City, Liverpool or Chelsea defenders in there, is there? Um, we've got Dubravka in goal with six points. That's the first time a goalkeeper hasn't got any sort of bonus points or save points uh, who's in this team of the week this season. I think there might be a couple of keepers with six points, to be honest. I think he's just a, a placeholder in there. The main man this week, Ezra Consa, with two goals. Uh, ben Davis, Davidson Sanchez, clean sheet in goals and assists between them. Tierney with um, an assist as well and a bonus points. He came in for Tavares at left back. So, yeah, it looks like a, a bit of rotation going on there at that left back. And, you know, it's like for Kieran, Kieran Tierney, his minutes need to get managed. So, um, looks like Tavares isn't an option even at 4.4 now, which is a shame, even with his many, many shots. And, uh, and you'd have I'd have lost a lot of money betting against Fabian Scher ever being in team of the week. <laughs> ever in all season but 11 points so well done the, the 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 more the more interesting ones are the midfielders and attackers so every player here midfielder and attacker all front five bernardo silva mason mount human son fred and mope have returned in back-to-back -back game weeks they've not been in the team of the week in back-to-back -back game weeks but all four of these guys are, are showing form now do i think fred's form's gonna last eh, as a man united fan probably say no in terms of attacking returns uh, and Neil Mope is as we described last week a trap um, but he was a two-week two-week pump which I seem people might have done well with uh, Bernardo Silva fifth place but Mason Mount if we have a look at his minutes um, if that's going to work for me it is so he's only played 90 minutes uh, five times this season in the last three times he's played 90 minutes he's got 24 points 12 points and 13 points and he has started three of the last four is Mason Mount an option, boys? What do we think? He is for me, yeah. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you've got 10 solid picks and you've got the backups <laughs> on the bench and you don't have to be worried about rotation, you can have one player who is going to be rotated. I know he comes on and that can be annoying, but if you look at those returns, it's worth having that risk. And, and I suppose with Mason Mount, he has been injured 
uh, sporadically this season. I think he had COVID as well, didn't he? So if you take all of that into account, it, those are pretty impressive numbers for the games he's played. Yeah. He, he was one of the, um, the favourites as well last season. He got most, he was like one of the most played players. And I know he's been a little bit out in a miss this season, but I think, I don't know, I think he could be like quite nailed on for a Chelsea player. And what's one his, of those, either, either one of those spots or in the centre mid roles as well, he could play a little bit. So. And what's his ownership? 15%. So it's a pretty nifty differential as well at the moment. I think I'd be interested to, to have a look and I might might try and have a look during this on live FPL or something of what his ownership is, top 10k wise, because I bet it's like 0.1. Those 15% will all be people that uh, don't manage their teams anymore, probably, who are, I mean, not all of them, obviously. Some of them made some really astute, astute transfers, uh, but people from, you know, for England, from the Euros and whatever else. But yeah, I think one of the other things that Mount's got going for him, more from a footballing perspective, is that nobody, nobody really has shone in his position in the Chelsea team. You know, when you look at Chelsea's team and you see the like back five and the keeper, and then you look at the midfield, that's either Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante, it's in the middle. You look at that front three, none of those front three throughout the whole season, for me, obviously Lukaku's been injured, have... have really like gone that's my place in the team I'm going to take it so maybe Mason Mount has uh, has just uh, just been just done that so once once to consider at 7.5 um yeah just want to throw that one out there Bernardo Silva he delivers again um 10 points and then 15 points this week he's now got three goals again in his last he's got um five goals in his last five games um, his price keeps going up and up 7.5 now and 22% owned so uh, we've got a question later on about who is the best City midfielder and we will touch base on that Son got treble Kane's points this season but people still debated Kane or Son which just I think is quite funny really if I'm honest um, and yeah we'll uh, we'll discuss Man United uh, in a little bit more because I want to and it's my podcast than anyone actually really cares so we're going to go to team of the week this week who do we think was manager of the week? Well, it technically wasn't because he took a whopping minus 24 points this week with seven transfers. But the man who got the most points this week was our favourite, our fancy football favourite in our all in pod league, Barry Stokes. Uh, he's uh, he got Cancelo, Dyer, um, Trent. Barnes, Salah, Bernardo, Gray, Ronaldo, Antonio and Dennis. And Ronaldo was his captain, so he only got four points from his captain. Ramsdale in goal, uh, Smith-Rowe, Tavares and Duffy on the bench, Batman as well. So, well done, Baz. Um, I can't really give you manager of the week for taking minus 24 points, though. What, what, it, no, I'm getting a nod. I'm getting a nod. I'm getting a shake of the head from, from Tom, and I won't ask Jeff to judge. He's way too nice. Um, so, we'll uh, probably sort of say, yeah, it's, uh, it's allowed or not. But, it's a nice person. It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a, it, it's sentimental for us. You know, Cully is a very good friend of the podcast. Cully Mathery with 64 points was with that. And he didn't take a minus four for everyone who knows Cully. Him not to take in minus four every week. That's a big deal. But uh, 64 points this week. So yeah, Cully Mathery, uh, you get manager of the week. Alonso, Trent, Diaz, uh, Livermento, Loris in goal. Son being captain was key. Yeah, Jota, just, Salah, Gallagher, the scores on that team just show you it's all about your captain pick. It is when you go different, isn't it? Yeah. Because actually, when you look at the other scores on here, um, if that's going to take me back, for example, I, I mean, I got five points less. I might as well touch on my team, so I'm going to do that in a second anyway. But um, I got five points less than, um, uh, than, than Cully. I had Salah captain, so it does really make that big difference um, about who you put as your captain. Uh, I've had uh, another another green hour, I think five green hours in a row now, which is good. Um, nice ticking along nicely, making my way up the league. I was looking at, oh, that was it. You've you've cut me over. Tom, you've uh, been on quite a good run as well. You've been come up from 438,000 to 86,000 in the world. Uh, which leads us on very, very nicely to November's Manager of the Month Award. Congratulations, Thomas Hughes. What can I say? Talk, talk, do you want talk me to take over the podcast? Uh, do, do you know what? I've got a guy who finishes better than me most years 
just beneath me here. And then you're at the bottom and you've got manager of the month. And I haven't even done that. So uh, over to you, boys. Tom, how did you do it? Talk us through manager, November. What what did you do? What no, Maybe not differently, but what went right for you in the five game weeks that covered November? I think I... What, two things. First one, I didn't do anything totally stupid, which I'm liable to do. And I've done it this week. You can ask me about that later. But I do make rash decisions in fantasy football. And I managed in November to minimise those. And then I guess the second thing is getting players just as they as they were looking like they were hitting form. Instead of waiting to see if they get carry that form on, just go early on them, especially when they're cheap and you can afford them. Your Smith Rose, your Gallagher's. If you see they're on an upturn of form, just get them in straight away. Don't wait. Don't see if they're going to maintain it because the answer is they won't maintain it. They'll do it for three or four game weeks and then they'll go off the boil again. That's how form works. You know, that's what most players do. Otherwise, every single player would get 30 goals every every year, but they don't. So when they hit that upturn in form, just get them in, take the plunge, take a bit of a gamble on them, especially when they're budget options. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, a, a really good point. The, 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 the budget gambles are... Sometimes they came and we said it from game week one from the original podcast that we did, the original YouTube video we did the first ever one. We focused on the midfielders page from about so was it five, five million, six million up to nine million. And we said this is the area where the majority of your transfers will be made throughout the season. I mean, we didn't know that strikers would be rubbish and that the defenders would score all the points, but we we did say that that is where it's gonna be. And and I don't think that really changes in fantasy football. You know, you get a big, a player at the back that's big, a James, a Trent, whatever, who does really well, Cancelo. James Trent Cancelo was a back three. Big Pikachu is maybe one or the other. But yeah, I uh, I, I agree with that, Tom. Um, you, you've got a couple of red arrows in here, but they've all been really small. That was a point I was going to make. You had a 3K red arrow and a 5K red arrow. And then you've had, what, this week, a 300 red arrow in, in, yeah, in overall I'm, rank. And to be fair, that is because... I made a bad choice on Foden versus Bernardo. And if I'd gone with a right choice, which is what we talked about, which was Bernardo, then I'd probably be sat here with a green arrow instead of a red arrow. But that was the one mistake I made and I've compounded it. Let's, um, before I come to, before I come to that, Tom, I think I need to talk about the mistake that I made. Um, this, <laughs> a big this, one. This week. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty massive one, really. And uh, for all of you guys that played football with me on Saturday morning, you, you, you might have some sympathy with me. We made these transfers as we were walking onto the football pitch and I was a very hungover man uh, that Saturday morning. Uh, and it went to the screen, obviously, as it does out on your app. You make your transfers and it takes you straight to the team, the team picking page. I put the players in the place. And I didn't double check I'd saved it because I obviously didn't. And that meant that Bernardo Silva was our second sub because we brought him in for Conor Gallagher this game week. And he and, and do you know what? We nearly got away with it because we started Tony for Liveramento. And obviously not, not Liveramento, Liveramento was first sub. And Tony then got COVID. So we nearly got Bernardo on and I nearly got away with it. Never mind. Um, so, uh, yeah, we talk about lessons learned and mistakes. And remind me, Alex, are you above or below the podcast team? Here's the conspiracies. Here we are. Right, I'm four points ahead of the podcast. And team. it all comes out. <laughs> we, you There's a few accusations being thrown about when yeah. watching the match. And, oh, no, this is the thing. And you know what? The pod team would be 14 points better off. That's how. That's it's not small, is it? It'd, it'd be 10 points. Um, no. I mean, do you know who's really happy about it? Gavin Webb, who sits top of the podcast league. I'm fuming about that. We, we were getting within touching distance with that Bernardo move. We've been uh, 22 but... points behind him. Yeah. And do you know what? I bet, I bet he, he covers that this week. With uh, and he's got Gundogan, you see, Gavin. Um, and for YouTube, watch that. Just click on his team. He's top of our league. He's uh, overall ranked. Was it? He's a uh, little green. I think 8k now. Went from nine to 8k. But yeah, Gundogan. He's got in his team. That's his choice of midfielder for uh, Manchester City. We'll see if that uh, that stays that way. Tom. Uh, What's uh, what are these transfers? I've uh, I can't I can't leave this hanging any longer. What are the massive mistakes that you've made that I can't wait to hear about? Uh, I've taken God, who have I taken out? Uh, I've taken Tony out for Dennis. 
Okay. That's and I've brought <laughs> and I've brought Bernardo Silva in, but not for Foden. So I now have four midfielders from Liverpool and City. So you've gone double Liverpool and double City. I've got Foden, Foden, Bernardo, Jota, Salah, and I'm now very nervous about it. But I was absolutely raging after that game because Foden hit the post and he looked really dangerous in the first like 20 minutes. We could have had about five assists. So I did what I, I've tried not to do in November and I made an angry sub. And that was uh, <laughs> that was Bernardo in. And then I realised that Tony had COVID, so I've taken a minus four for Dennis. Um, have you got um, Trent and Cancelo as well? Yep. Triple City, triple Liverpool. But I guess yeah. my point I would be, it. it's, if you're going to have yeah. six players yeah. from two teams, why not six Liverpool? Oh, definitely then, so yeah. I'm looking, I've got triple Liverpool already in one city. I'm going to try and get double City this week. I'm trying to make my decision on which City midfielder to bring in. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad move at all, Tom. It's... Uh, just a shame you're sticking minus four. <laughs> yeah, we'll find it. We will find out. Well, I didn't uh, have to take a minus four. I just t- chose to take one. Oh, I definitely didn't need to. Uh, we'll, um, I'm, I'm now going to do a, a really quick news bulletin. <clears throat> news of the week. Club World Cup. So uh, that uh, has now been officially confirmed February the 9th and February the 12th. So that is going to be game week 24 and game week 25 that we expect Chelsea to do quite well in. So I'm guessing they're going to probably miss both of those game weeks. Um, And they are facing Brighton and Arsenal, I think, those game weeks. Um, I had a quick look at when they could fit them in. Um, uh, Potentially game week 21, if not 26, 29. Those are the most likely double game weeks for, for, for Chelsea. Um, if it is, I think it's game week 26, then it'll be with Palace, Brighton and Palace, I think it is. And if it's game week 29, then I think it'll be Arsenal and then Newcastle. So they've got some some good good options there, but they're not going to miss two game weeks in the middle of December like it was first feared that they were going to. Next point, Brighton have got loads of injuries, so everyone was banging on about Harry Kett, injuries and suspension, everything about Cade and Son and Spurs. Now, apparently they've had a massive COVID outbreak. I don't know if anyone's heard about any of the player specifics because I haven't. And any, no, any ideas? Just no? six, six first team players. That's all they've said yeah. so far. No news. So I tried to have a look, but I couldn't find anything. So we're going to be looking so far anyway. We're going to be looking closely at their because um, they need to win in the Conference League this week, don't they? Because they've done rubbish. So they have to uh, get a result. So they're going to have like a first team out to play. So we'll probably have a really good idea about who has COVID in that team because it, it is a big deal. Like people have said, oh, we're going to give Kane one more week. We, and, you know, Son obviously has, has done really well and is tying up quite a bit of money for people, but he was also in people's plans to probably sell this week to then move to someone like Ronaldo, Bernardo, whoever else. But I, I can't really see myself selling Son at the moment unless maybe he is he is out and potentially has COVID. Um, there obviously, some other injuries as well going on. And then, uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to, to touch on that. So let's get into the questions now, boys. Uh, let's rattle into these. Best City midfielder. Oof. Oof. I think it's got to be one of the, the seven, eight million lads. So Gundogan, Foden or Bernardo. And... I think Bernardo, he hasn't even been taken in the Champions League tonight. So, he's your favourite. I mean, they've got three games next week. So, I'd have to think he's going to play at least. Well, I think he could play all three in the league. Um, so, I think I think he's top of my list. Um, and then probably Foden after him for me. And then Gundogan. Is Gundogan got penalties as well? Is that? I think he might it's, be taking penalties now. It's interesting that because, I, yeah, um, maybe so. I think he might be taking penalties because he did, he, he did beforehand. Um, but because but De Bruyne also does take pens and he's now uh, sometimes playing sometimes, isn't he? So I don't really know, yeah. really, who's going to be taking those penalties. But um, if we look at, at points per 90 in the last six game weeks, Bernardo's on top at 7.33, uh, Gundogan at 6.68, Foden down at 3.74, made four appearances in that period of time. Um, if we look at totals, because I, I think this is important to, to do, um, in terms of expected goal involvement, funny enough, Raheem Sterling is top. He's been getting into some uh, some good positions and getting a couple of. Uh, he's got two goals and one assist. Bernardo three point six, Gundogan three point three, and Foden two point eight. So these numbers and that's Gundogan and uh, Foden playing the same amount of matches. Obviously, Bernardo's played more, so you'd expect him to have a higher um, expected goal involvement. 
and expected points those games. Bernardo's got the highest expected points. Um, and also, importantly, you know, obviously we've got Rodrigo in there, um, but he plays the most amount of minutes. So do you know what it is? It's, it's, it's what we, we talked about before, Tom, isn't it? About upside chasing. And if you're wanting to sort of catch up in your mini leagues or if you wanted to try and get those big hauls, like Foden probably has a higher ceiling than I would say. And he tends to play false nine as well. I think it's, I, I think it's super, super close between him and Bernardo. Who's who's number one? I, I don't think it can. You can. I don't even think you can be wrong either way. Um, but decision wise, for me this week, is that point six going to be important? Is that recent form going to be important? I don't know. Tom, what do you think? I mean, I picked Foden last week, and uh, that was obviously the wrong choice in the short term. But I do think when I watch City, I know Bernardo's been performing brilliantly no doubt he's going to carry on getting points. But it's like you say, I just feel like Foden, somewhere in him, has a 24-point game in him. And their fixtures are really, really solid. Uh, he has had injuries as well, which I think has slowed him down a little bit, but he's getting back into a run of games. So I'm kind of forgiving him for recent lack of, I guess, end product because he's getting in the positions. And like I say, in the first 20 minutes of the game at the weekend, he could have easily had something like four or five assists if any of the City players could actually finish. And I'd be looking at a very different picture. So, yeah. Um, I don't think you'd go wrong with either of them. I honestly don't. I think Foden, it'll switch around. You could see Foden get a couple this week and then Bernardo will get one next week. It's just um, it, it, both of them are solid options. Obviously, the... Bernardo is cheaper, more attractive. Well, on the switch around, that's the thing I wanted to touch on now because season stats per 90. Foden's on 6.28 points. Bernardo's on 6.25, like as on average per 90. Now, Foden's obviously made less appearances than Bernardo, but this is this is per 90 minutes that they play. In terms of it and expected goal involvement, Foden's top for all midfielders. In terms of actual goal involvement, Foden's top for all midfielders. In terms of expected points, Sterling is 0.3 ahead of Foden, who is second. So over the season... So far, Foden looks like he actually is the better pick, but it's just a really recent form of the last six that makes Bernardos really stand out. So if gun to my head, Gundogan, Gundogan to my head, uh, I would go, that was a good one, that one. I would go Foden first, Bernardo second, Gundogan third. Very, very close. United. What did you guys think? Of Man United, what do you what do you think of their their options moving forward of this four two two four four two 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 formation? Um, do you, do you think that certain players stand out? Rashford out position player. Do you think Bruno becomes more or less of an option? Do any of you guys uh, see the highlights? What do you think of United? Yeah, um, I, well, I think he was saying wasn't he about Rashford and he wanted basically like a fast player up top, so. He could potentially get up there. I don't know who else could play that. I think Greenwood hasn't got that much pace, has he? That's Rashford. So, Ronaldo and Rashford, that could be nice. I don't know. Um, wait wait and see for me on FPL-wise. I think just for um, see see how they got on, maybe. But I know they're playing Norwich next, which is the, maybe one of the games you want them for. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with Ronaldo. If if you if Kane's got COVID, easy switch. Um, if you want to keep a big man up front. Uh, yeah, but I think, I, think, I think they look better, didn't they? They looked like they had some sort of plan cohesion, which, yeah, hadn't had for most of the season straight away. Yeah. And the underlying statistics, I didn't watch the game, but I have read a lot about the game. And the underlying statistics probably suggest that uh, they did a lot. Better. I think they had the most final third recoveries of possession that, that uh, Man United have had since like Alex Ferguson or something yeah. like crazy like yeah. that, which is absolutely mad if you think about it like that. Um, and I know you can't judge it on one game. Ragnick's only had 45 minutes on the training pitch with them, but it does show you that immediately if you can get that kind of response in the first game, that's a, probably a positive sign for them. I hate saying that because I obviously want them to get relegated, but uh, <laughs> I think, Probably it's probably too early to start jumping on specific players. I think you find going like Jeff said, if you want a big asset up, up, up top, Ronaldo's going to score goals. It's as simple as that. 
how many he scores depends on how well Man United are playing, but he's going to score goals. I don't look at the rest of that team and think, oh God, I need to jump on, you know, anybody, I'm not going to jump on him, but I don't think anybody else needs to jump on them. Maybe start looking at Sancho. He's starting to look a bit more like the Sancho we knew at Dortmund. So he might be an option later down the line. And Scott, he's not here, but he did say, if they keep up with that those kind of defensive numbers, I don't think Palace had a shot on target or something like that. If they can follow that through for a couple of games, you can start legitimately looking at players like Tellez because he was taking, I think he took three kicks. You know, he's getting forward. He was getting, there was a lot of threat coming from him. So there is going to be options in that team if they start to progress. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you all just said. Um, You will look at Dallow. I had a question about him at 4.4 million. Again, it's, you know, wait and see when Basaka was injured. He did play, he was on the bench, but was he 100%? I don't know. Uh, the wing-backs were offering really good width. I've been crying out for Tellers to get a run in this team for ages. Luke Shaw's like an absolute donkey all season. I have no idea how Tellers hadn't got in before. Does take set pieces. He's 5 million in FPL, so he's not a bad price point either. Yeah, Dello at 4.4. A lot of people saw that and got excited. Again, I think we should probably wait and see on that one. Um, the uh, Bruno playing behind a front two. It looks like he's not on penalties now as well. Now Ronaldo scored. I mean, I don't know if they're going to rotate him. I know United do that sometimes, but I probably would steer clear of Bruno at the moment. I think he's too expensive. Um, Rashford still recovering from his surgery, so he won't play all the time. I think Greenwood will probably be that guy or Cavani that will play next to him. Cavani's injured. Um, so, yeah, Greenwood might be an option. And then, yeah, I think, I think Sancho, because he can play part of that front two or he can play in the two behind, um, might end up becoming... A fantasy option eventually. I think he's eight point nine. I think at the moment in terms of FPL, um, exactly what you said there, Jeff. I totally agree. You know, if you've uh, if you've got the option this week, I wouldn't even care if Kane's got COVID or not. I'd just go straight Kane to Ronaldo as long as you're not taking like minus eights for it. Yeah. If you do that straight transfer, because Ronaldo won't play midweek for Man United because we're already through top of the group in the Champions League, so he'll be at home as hot water bottle. So he and with this three game weeks in ten days, so he's going to play two of them at least, and he's not going to play two back to back if he's obviously going to play just two. So he's either going to play against Norwich and Brighton, or he's going to play against Norwich, Brentford, and Brighton. So yeah, it would be uh, it's relatively straightforward for me. Um, West Ham. So we had a question about West Ham, and our resident West Ham fan, Scott Williams, uh, isn't in today. Now, their fixtures just start to turn really quite nicely now. They've got Burnley away, Arsenal away, um, Norwich at home, Southampton at home, Watford away, and Palace away. So their next six over the Christmas period, they do look like a really good selection of fixtures. So I wanted to uh, have a look at the best options for West Ham. Uh, and I will get this up here now. But they have been very impressive, a really good win against Chelsea. Um, who's really stood out for, for you boys in terms of West Ham assets? Owen, I think he's the obvious one at the moment. Uh, it was Ben Rammer at the start of the season. He's gone off the boil a little bit. He might return something over the next few weeks now that the fixtures are easing up mm-hmm. but Bowen looks like the one in that midfield at the moment when I was talking about you know budget midfielders to get on Bowen's next on my list so I will probably be getting in Bowen probably after the Arsenal game that's my plan um, just to get through those next two fixtures it's not like I'm dying to get on him but if I'm looking at a, an option in that West Ham team on top of Antonio then it's Bowen at the moment for me yeah, I'd agree. Um, he looks full of confidence. I mean, that finish was amazing. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's getting, he was nearly, I think he was like, like an inch away from getting another one where he was sliding in. And yeah, it just looks looks really good. Um, but hopefully Antonio, I, I'm thinking of getting back on Antonio. I think he's going to come good again in these good fixtures. Hopefully he stays fit again over the Christmas period. And yeah, hopefully he'll get back to the early season form. But they're easy fixtures he did really well at the start, didn't he? So hopefully he can get back to some of that. One of the one of the keys. I mean, He's been a little bit unlucky as well. Yeah, yeah. I I would um I would agree with that. When you look at his xgi expected goal involvement, uh, goals and assists. I mean, Bowen's got four, which is really high. But you know, Antonio's next with with four nils. Um, he's had the same amount of big chances as uh, as Bowen. 
he has got his one assist. He he has played every single game as well of the last six, and he's I think he's only missed one or two league games this season. Um, but of the last six, he's he's featured in all of them. Yeah, Bowen came on as as a sub in in one, so he only started five of six and over a Christmas period. I I can't see Antonio starting every game over Christmas, but I wouldn't be surprised. I can't see it. It's a bit extreme. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I would also. Yeah, I also don't think with his uh, his injury record that he's going to be someone up there. Fornells, second in terms of the amount of points that he's got, 28. Um, Declan Rice, number 22. Rice, Rice, baby. And Suchek underneath, who's not delivered uh, as much this season as he did uh, did last season. Um, any any comments on the defenders? I think Sufal's got his place back now, because I think Johnson's uh, Johnson's injured for high low minutes. Can have to go there. Um, but are these all flagged? Is Zuma flagged as well? I didn't know he was flagged. I didn't know he was potentially injured. Um, but yeah, Zuma Johnson looks like he's going to be out injured. But like, would you would you look at Sue Fowl? Would you look at Masuaku if Cresswell's out? Four point four million. Any of the defenders catch your eye? If it's I got no, killed a little bit at the start of the season with Sue Fowl. Um, they always mm. in these pictures they always managed to concede one poor goal. It was like they dominate and then just concede something. Awful. Um, so I think I've got two, two, one. He'd always get booked. So, but maybe I should get over that and look at you know if he gets into you know clean sheets and things and he's getting forward. Then yeah, maybe. Yeah, I quite like him. I guess my thinking on West Ham defender is: Are you going to triple up on West Ham? And if you're mm. not, then frankly, your first option is probably Bowen, Fornells, or maybe Ben Rama, one of those budget midfielders. Second option for me is Antonio with the run of fixtures they've got. Like Jeff said, I think he's going to hit run of form. You know, third choice would be a West Ham defender for me. Yeah. I don't, apart from Creswell, if Creswell was fit, I'd say he could potentially be an option because his ball delivery makes him a really, really attractive option. And with the fixtures, they could also get clean sheets. But I think looking at the injury list, the fact that Creswell's a doubt for me, none of them really stand out to me. Like Jeff says, Kufal's not really delivered this year. Yeah, they're conceding more than a goal a game at the moment, anyway. So, um, yeah, I think the answer is no on that one. But I thought I'd give it. A, I thought I'd give the uh, give the question the time of day. So, Christmas mayhem. Look at all these fixtures. Look at all these crazy, crazy fixtures, and all of these are all taking place before. Well, not before the turn of the year. Game week twenty one is the first game week of the year, but this is the Christmas period. Christmas rush. Pa- Palace. Oh no, terrible in it. Let's just get get away from get away from Newcastle media. Seeing this Leicester, Liverpool, City, Man United, Everton, and Southampton. Um oh, God. I know it's terrible, isn't it? Wolves right down there as well with a really terrible run. And then we've got Leeds down there with a with a with a not great run. Quick, quick yeah. comment, Tom. Stay away. Get on them. Bamford's just, back, you know, Ailing's back. Just January's gonna be great. That's my comment on December. <laughs> Well, and I think, again, and it might annoy you this question, but you know what's coming. If the right player, because Rafinha is a good placeholder here for that Man City midfielder that you need to get in. You've not asked me who I took out. Have you taken Rafinha out? I have. I have. You know, I've done all I can to show the faith of Rafinha, right? (laughs) And I, I absolutely, he'll be straight back in for that Villa game. Um, but Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, I mean, and the form we're in, frankly, it's just, I, I feel like there's more. I do also want to win fantasy football. So I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not getting Man United players in. Rafinha will be straight back in, I promise, in week 20. But for now, that run of four fixtures is just so difficult. I can't justify it to myself. I don't want to look back in four weeks and have, you know, missed out on, for example, Bernardo Silva getting 40 points because I was being stubborn about keeping Rafinha in. So, um, yeah, I'm not happy with myself. Don't worry. No one's harder on myself. <laughs> um, uh, we've also uh, got our other resident Leeds fan in here. He got, um, I'm, out, I'm outnumbered this week. So, uh, Jeff, have you have you got any Leeds players in your team at the moment? I haven't, no. I'm... Uh... I try and I, I got caught up in the Leeds thing last year, and there was a spell where it was like the best team. To, well, the best captains are always against Leeds. I just didn't go for it, and I was about fifty points down. I was like, right, I need to put this to one side and just try and ignore ignore my Leeds bias. And yeah, so no Leeds players. 
no Leeds players. And Rafinha's yeah. been killing me though, to be fair. So he's been flying. No, he's been in fantastic form. Yeah, hasn't he? He's been doing amazing. Scoring and, crosses, know. scoring penalties. Is, yeah, yeah, great delivery I, for I, Tyler I, Roberts. I think moving forward is a solid option. I just think that run of four fixtures horrendous. So oh, take the hit, move him on, and bring him back in. I think if we'd have had this conversation like three weeks ago, I'd have probably said, if you've got a bit of value in him, maybe put a point to or whatever, you can keep him and bench him. Like, because there was enough other cheap midfielders around, like Gallagher, who's now playing a lot deeper, um, Smith Rowe, who's now injured, uh, Umbuemo, who looked like he would score, but didn't score, but might score, but didn't score, but might score, hit the post a few times, did whatever he did. Like, it, it, it just, there could have been enough other options in there. And if we only needed like Jota, in there with Salah, fine. But I think there's a there's a shift now in, in FPL going towards that four five one or that that three five two. No, three five. Still not three five two, is it? But five playing midfielders, and that's something which I've started to feel this week after I bought Billy Gilmore in last week to be my bench midfielder, which is a little bit annoying in terms of that shift. But yeah, I think Rafinha out. You want to be playing five in midfield every week. It seems to be where the points are relatively consistently. Like I said, with those guys performing back to back, Bernardo, Mount, Son, Fred, Fred, uh, yeah, Fred. But they're performing back to back. So I would say five in midfield and Rafinha out at that point. Um, Man United, we've got Norwich, Brentford, Brighton. We've talked on them already. Man City, we've touched on them as well. Watford's fixtures changed now. Hence my Dennis switch. <laughs> The, the Dennis King thing now, I mean, you know, Brentford away, Burnley away, Palace at home, Wolves away, West Ham and then Spurs. I mean, they're, they're good fixtures. And we are looking at Southampton as well, uh, you know, holding on to Livramento. I got uh, asked the question about what I think about um, Broha this week as a third striker. I think if you're playing five in midfield and you're going to go with two up top and he's going to sit on your bench, I think he's a fantastic option actually as a third striker. As long as you're not, if you're not expecting miracles from him, I don't like the fact that Armstrong, Adams and Broha are all fighting over three places. I think he might get you some really annoying one-pointers here and there, but still not not a bad third striker option. Um, don't know if you boys have got any opinion whatever on Southampton strikers, but Broha, Shay, Armstrong, Tom's shaking his head. Jeff? I'm looking at someone for Tony this week, so I might have to... Makes you know, get some funds from somewhere, so I might have to do that, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think he looks good when he plays. He had a little injury, didn't he? But he's, he's almost has he scored in most of his starts. He's he looks like we've got a quality about him. Let's just let, uh, let, let that rotation as well. Let's give this the time of day for a second, shall we? Why not? Let's do it. So, uh, in terms of points this season, it's uh, Adams, Armstrong, and then Broher in terms of that order 12 appearances, 14 appearances, 11 appearances. Um, so and that's in 15 game weeks. So yeah, maybe uh, goals. Che and Bro with three each. Um, assists two, three for Armstrong, two for Adams. I mean, they're all much of a muchness, aren't they? Between them. So as a third, no one's laying claim to that position. So as a third striker, yeah, maybe. Why not? Um, West Ham. We've touched on Arsenal. I don't know how anyone feels about Arsenal at the moment. I won't continue going down this list because, you know, we've talked about Chelsea enough in this in this game. We're going to touch on bigger the back in a second. But um, Arsenal options, anyone really standing out for you now? Smith-Rowe's injured. Maybe Erdegaard. Um, he, now he's playing that position is, in the 10. Smith, is Smith-Rowe out? Or do we know he's definitely out for the next game? Don't, don't know for certain. Um, he's got but, a little yellow flag on fantasy, but uh, I couldn't see anything. That he said they said he was improving before the get the last game, and I wonder whether he was just rested as a precaution and he'll be back. I, I've got I get the feeling from what I saw out there say that he'll be back for the next game week. Yeah, it has been a little bit like um, cloak and dagger about what's wrong with him. So maybe there isn't anything wrong with him. And or maybe it's just a small knock and he's being rested, but yeah, there's no one else that really stands out for me. But anyway, um, last 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 talking point. Um, big at the back, is it now time to get off Chelsea? Big at the back, their assets. Is it now time to shift to more up front, more in midfield, uh, and uh, take money out of James or Alonso or you know, God forbid, you've still got Aspilaqueta. Um, or someone like that, but or maybe even Rudiger. What do we think, guys? Time to uh, 
go three at the back again? I never got there. I never made it to get the Chelsea players in. <laughs> I was still being rude to go there. Christiansen, yeah, it was just a disaster. And Tierney, when everyone else had Trent. And so, yeah, I never got there. I'd, I'd wanted to get there and I almost think oh, I missed it now. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think those players will come good. Mm. I think, you know, the Chelsea fullbacks will come good. Trent and Cancelo will stay good. Um, Cancelo was rested tonight, so he'll play maybe three again. He's played every Premier League game. And the Chelsea boys... When James is back, you know, he's, well, when James plays and Chilwell's back, I think they'll be fire, really. Um, I'd like to get there again at some point. Uh, I, prefer, I prefer one of those two to Tony, who I've got at the minute. If I could <laughs> yeah. switch to formation, I'd go with one of them. Well, the fixtures all right oh, sorry, as well, sorry, are they? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a mixed, mixed, uh, yeah, it's a mixed yeah. bag, really. Um, they're not too bad. Uh, Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Villa, Brighton, and then they've got Liverpool, City and Spurs and two blanks. So yeah. I think we're looking at maybe five more game weeks for Chelsea. And then obviously they only play three in five. So unless unless they end up having a double game week in, in 21, but I think the double game weeks are most more likely to be in like with 26 or 29. So you might be looking at getting back on them at that point after. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, don't, I don't want to double up on Chelsea defenders anymore. I don't think it's about doubling. I think you can still go three at the back. Cancelo, James, Trent, to me, is a back three that I can leave in all season. That, that says to me that, I, that I'll keep that back three all season right now. And I'm happy having Livermento as a fourth. And to be honest, I'm considering just getting the cheapest defender I can in the fifth position because I'm never coming on. Uh, my fifth defender has been Marcal since he was injured. So that shows you how little I've needed that fifth defender. Uh, so as long as you've got... I think you've got decent options elsewhere. You definitely, definitely can stick with three strong defenders. I've, I've seen some people going five, like two City, two Chelsea and one Liverpool. And that's great in weeks where they both do all do well. But then you've got weeks, like recent weeks, where they conceded and got no attacking returns and it can just completely destroy you. So I think having a balance, one from each, for me, is is, is really sound at the moment. Yeah. Um... What I would say is just on on that specifically is um, the obviously a cheap defender that plays. Um, I mean, if he go for the cheapest possible that doesn't play, but only when it gets down to sort of these game weeks. I suppose, yeah. I mean, you're going to start James against these guys anyway. And that's what I mean. It's it's the attacking returns that you've got from these potential defenders. Is it's worth taking the gamble, even in the big fixtures. And I read something that said if you've got a player that costs anything six million pounds above, you know, if it's a six million pound defender, a seven million pound midfielder, or a six million, a seven million pound striker, they should never be on your bench, regardless of who they're playing, because you put too much money into that player. They should, they're an asset that you should always have playing. I'm never resting James Trent or Cancelo, regardless of fixtures, because they've all got the potential for attacking returns and a clean sheet. Frankly, they could still get a clean sheet. It's an interesting point that about you know not benching players that you you've over you've you've invested a lot of money into. Uh, I mean, I'm going to bench Watkins this week probably against Liverpool, and he's seven point five. But I think uh, it sort of goes out arm in arm with what's the point in having Kane if you're not going to captain him? Sort of you know that that sort of question. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting one that I I I think I agree with that point in principle. But I think there's there's always going to be some different different times in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm resting Watkins this week as well because they're away <laughs> at Liverpool. So I think that's a good decision. But yeah. I think if you sit to that as a general rule, I think the principle is for one for a one off week that's okay for one player. But if you're having to rest multiple high value assets on a semi regular basis, then you've probably not got the right team balance because actually those are players that you want to keep in your team every single week. So like I say. You know, Jota, Salah, I'm going to play them whoever they're playing. Trent, Cancelo, James, get played whoever whoever they're playing. It doesn't matter. So you just stick with them. And sometimes they play the big fixtures and they don't get any points. But equally, you could probably go back through and they probably get decent returns and just as many as they don't. So, uh, yeah, I think you can still stick with the three at the back. I was just checking when City next played Liverpool. That was all for your for your half your team playing each other. But that's game week thirty two, so it's fine. You're uh, you're 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 all right. You're clear. 
<laughs> I've got time. I've got time. <laughs> Probably a wild card again before then, let's be honest. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the conclusion of that is um, I wanted to click on Reese James again very briefly. I understand the frustration because people have invested £6 million in a defender that's got one point in the last three game weeks total, which is horrendous. But the game weeks before, we've got 13, 21, 7 and 12. So, yeah, you, you take the rough with the smooth with these guys. I think I, got, I think I got him in week 13, so good timing. I think you did, actually. I think Scott did as well. I think Scott had him for 11 and probably got rid of him for 12 and got him in at 13. <laughs> so that's how it felt when he was uh, messing about with Cancelo, didn't it? So, yeah, that's uh, that's covered off the uh, the big, big at the back. And um, let's just review. Let's finish off, shall we, by reviewing the fixtures for game week 16 and... Midweek game week 17. So game week 16, just so you know, it's a 6.30 deadline on Friday. Right, get that one in your head. 6.30 deadline on Friday, don't miss it because there's that absolutely whopping clash, which actually could be quite entertaining. Brentford against Watford. Then City play Wolves, Arsenal, Southampton, Chelsea, Leeds, Liverpool, Villa, Norwich, Man United, Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle and Palace against Everton. Any anybody anybody not captaining Salah this week? I can't believe that. that's the question that I have to ask these tight days instead of just you know like who's your captain going to be? Salah. I've, I've, what's the point? I've I've tried to debate it and I keep saying I'm going to go with someone else. And I know Cully benefited from having Son captain this week, but if he picks a differential, you know you either have to get your captaincy pick spot on and just run really really well. Or you go with the person that has returned 150 points. 150 points already. You know, how can you not captain him? It doesn't actually make sense to pick anyone else. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's going to be Salah again. Okay. 100% Salah for me. I'm not risking anything but that after some of my decisions. So, yeah, I don't Salah against Villa. Uh, the, the, he the looks only, so good, so clinical. He does. The only thing is, just it's yeah, Villa, Villa can concede as well, I, I suppose. And Salah just looks so good. I, I, I don't know. There's just something about that game for me that, that I feel like I feel like there's going to be a, a big, big return elsewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, obviously, I'm definitely going Salah, but I'm, I'm just Wolves have got a decent defense, even that against City early kickoff on a Saturday is usually so tepid. Chelsea play Leeds, you know, obviously, one of their fullbacks maybe as an option if James is fit something like that against a, against a Leeds team that's sort of differenti might not play Norwich man they play Norwich surely we should be thinking about Ronaldo as a captaincy option but Norwich have looked a bit more solid and Ranić is just blatantly just focusing on do not concede loads of goals make yourselves look stupid and try to get one or two going the other way which I completely agree with which you can tell by playing his ridiculously narrow formation which I actually really like by the way and he's not going to change but a couple of people will go oh well we don't even know if he's going to play this formation for a bit he always plays this formation if anyone's any research on him this is his formation this is what he actually teaches other people to do as well so this is how he's going to play um, and then you know cue him going back five next week but yeah it's, it's Salah God, it should be Ronaldo, shouldn't it? That's depressing for it as a Man United fan. Game it weeks... should be Ronaldo, but you, you can go Ronaldo. People, people who went Son this week, it's been paid off. You just have to run good. That's the thing. Yeah, you take the gamble, and I think Cully's fine doing it because he's trying to make ground up. If you are at the top or near the top of your table, why risk it? Because if you don't go Salah and he gets a hat trick, you're totally screwed. It could have gone the other way for Cully, and he would be out of sight. You know, if he'd gone the wrong way, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, if you are trying to make up ground here, yeah. I mean, Ronaldo, surely. Ronaldo's going to play and he'll hopefully do really well. And we've got the midweeks. Tuesday, uh, um, it's six o'clock deadline on Tuesday the 14th of December, starting with Brentford against Man United. Norwich Villa, City Leeds. Okay, again, interesting uh, until you get to the bottom fixture. Brighton Wolves, Burnley Watford, Palace Southampton, Arsenal West Ham, Leicester Spurs, Chelsea Everton, and then... Liverpool against Newcastle. Is anyone not captaining Salah against Newcastle at home? <laughs> just, 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 surely surely oh, not. I I Everyone in the game this. has got a captain Salah in that. That's, no, it's yeah. going to be the highest captaincy ever, isn't it? I literally... I, the what, thing I mean, is, <sighs> it will be the highest captaincy ever and he'll probably blank. You just know it. You just know it. Newcastle put an unbelievable performance. He'll get two points. 
Yeah. Eddie Howe. I, I don't know. He's never been defensive, has he? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, but away at Anfield, oh, I, I don't know. He's never I been defensive know. yet. He's, he, he plays like really open football. He's just, he's, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other the crazy thing is, like, City against Leeds is actually a really good like opportunity to captain like someone like Foden or Bernardo, like to go something that little bit different. Um, and I think West Ham will do Arsenal as well, like Bowen and or something like that. But yeah, it's just Salah in it. I mean, that one's yeah, that one's Salah all over. Yeah, yeah. Roulette in the midweek as well potentially would be a killer on the Tuesday. Yeah, so you, I wouldn't risk that one. You couldn't couldn't be more right there, Jeff. You couldn't be yeah. more right. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me this week, boys. Um, tried to keep it as short as could do. I had plenty of uh, plenty of nice talking points in there. So thank you once again, everyone, for sending in your questions. I really, really, really appreciate it. You guys make this podcast and show because you literally tell me what to research and then I go off and do it and then hopefully I answer your questions for you. So thank you ever so much for sending those in. Don't forget to like this video. It means a lot to us. And subscribe to the YouTube channel and also subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. Then follow us on All In Football Pod and All In Football P on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We've nearly had 100 likes on our TikTok account. Be that 100th person, you'll win nothing. But thank you ever so much for doing it anyway. Jeff, thank you so much for stepping in this week. Really, really appreciate it. Um, we, you never know, you might have replaced Scott full-time. Oh, no, no, that was too mean. Sorry, Scott, if you are listening to this one. Oh, no, Tom's just on wow, his face. He's going yeah, to be crying <laughs> when he hears that. <laughs> no, we're looking forward to having Scotty back next week. Thank you ever so much, Jeff, for joining us. Um, and thank you for letting me beat you for one season at this very moment in time. I appreciate that. And Tom, <laughs> thank you ever so much for joining us as well. And uh, we'll be uh, back next week. And bye for now. 